Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our meditation this morning is taken from Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. Listen again to verse 34. And Jesus called to him the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So far, our text. The church council of our congregation is always looking for ways to attract new members. At last month's meeting, they decided to try a different approach to marketing our church. Want ads aimed at potential new members will be created and placed online and in all the local papers. However, the council did run into a problem. They came up with not one, but two potential new member ads. And they can't decide which one to run. So maybe you can help them choose. The first new member, member ad looks like this. A friendly business is looking to hire you. Workspace includes vaulted ceilings and view of the outdoors. Choose your own hours and duties. Weekly attendance at sales meetings optional. Enjoy weekly motivational speeches by company president. Potluck lunches provided for all workers. Call 1-800-PIECE-OF-CAKE. Well, let's look at the second potential ad. That reads, positions available with equal opportunity employer must work days and nights, weekly sales meetings mandatory, strict standards of professional behavior, must abide by guidelines of upper management, no pay, no vacation, no promotions, no earthly benefits, call 1-800-PICK-UP-YOUR-CROSS-AND-FOLLOW-ME. Why do you think about that? I mean, which one sounds best? It's really no contest. Ad number one seems like the one most people are looking for. Attractive, easy, fun. But ad number two, I mean, come on now, who in their right mind is going to seek that kind of employment? All work, no pay. And though the first ad sounds nice, it is ad number two that paints the accurate picture of what it's like to be employed by Jesus Christ, what it's like to be a member of his body, his church, and a congregation like our own. In other words, being a Christian is not a piece of cake experience, never has been and never will. No, being a Christian, following Jesus Christ from the get-go, has always been hard work, tough and challenging service, and there's never been promises of earthly reward. You know, one of the characteristics of great leaders is to make demands upon their followers. At his very first entrance into the House of Commons as Britain's new Prime Minister, on Monday, May 13, 1940, Winston Churchill made this brief statement. It's been called one of the finest calls to arms or calls to service ever known. And it came at the beginning of World War II 
when the armies of Adolf Hitler were blitzkrieging their way across Europe, conquering one nation uh, after another, and now Hitler's armies were poised at the English Channel, uh, and Great Britain was next. And this is what Churchill said at that moment. He said, We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and of suffering. You ask, what is our policy? I will say, it is to wage war by sea, land, and air with all our might and with all the strength that God can give us. I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. In our text today, Jesus Christ, the greatest leader of all time, makes a similar statement. In less than four months, the Son of God will be crucified, risen, and then returned to his heavenly throne. Time is short. The clock is ticking. Jesus must prepare his disciples for the work they will do once he is gone. And, and Jesus, he doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't mince his words. He lets his followers know both then and also today exactly what it costs to follow him. He says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. Well, did those disciples understand what Jesus was talking about? I mean, did they really have a clue that the following Jesus would be hard work you know, personal loss and, and sacrifice after sacrifice. No, they didn't. Not yet. I mean, Peter, James, and John and the rest were still arguing amongst themselves as to which of the disciples would be uh, the greatest, still thinking that Jesus was going to be some kind of earthly king with lots of goodies to pass around uh, to his friends. They didn't know yet how tough it was going to be to give their hearts to Jesus, that it would take a cross, and it would take an empty grave, an Easter grave, before they finally got it right. But don't be too hard on those original disciples, because truth be told, there are a lot of modern followers of Jesus who also have no clue as to what hard work and sacrifice and carrying a cross for Jesus is all about either. This is a true story. So years ago, when our congregation was just getting started, I had a member stop by my office one day to tell me that she and her family were leaving the church. Okay, well, I said, you know, gosh, you know, what's, what's going on? I mean, let's sit down and we'll, you know, if there's something wrong, I'm sure we can, you know, uh, work, work it out. You know, I'm sure we can fix it. And this is what she said. She said, well, this church is too small. I'm always being asked to help with this and that and, and, and lots of things. I'm going to join a big church where I don't have to be so involved. And I'm not completely sure, but that may have been the moment when I started to lose my hair. You know, I used to have a full head of hair. And what I wanted to say to that, that poor misguided uh, lady was, is the old Steve Martin, you know, excuse me. You know, excuse me for asking you to actually do something for the Savior who laid his life down for you and your children, you know, and your family, you know, so that you can go to heaven uh, one day. But I'm too nice. 
You know, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I do know that as long as I'm a pastor with a clerical collar hanging around my neck, I'm never going to apologize for asking the members of this church to make sacrifices or to do things or to give up things as they serve Jesus Christ. And the bottom line is this, if you're a member of Peace in Christ Lutheran Church, you will be asked to do things. And I know what happens when I call you on the phone and you see it says Pastor Ludwig on your caller ID. Okay, I know what's going through your mind. What's going through your mind? What do you want? <laughs> what does Pastor want now? And I'm never going to apologize for that, for asking you to carry a cross for the Savior who carried a cross for you. Because if you're looking for a country club church, hey, they're out there. You know, they are out there. You know, a church that's going to offer you programs and ministries for your comfort uh, and enjoyment. If you're looking for a church where you're going to be entertained for an hour each work or each week, you know, it's not going to be this church. You're not going to be happy here. At Peace in Christ, you will be asked to do things for Jesus, and you will be asked often. You'll be asked to make sacrifices of your time and your dollars and your skills and the talents that God has given you. And do you know why? Do you know why you'll be asked to do these things? Well, let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, I was talking to my district president over in Brainerd, Don Fondo, okay? Don Fondo, he's the best district president I've had in 35 years, bar, bar none. And I'm not just sucking up here. Uh, he's just a, he's a pastor's pastor, and I really appreciate him. Yes, he's a Packer fan, and sometimes he calls me up, you know, and we either rejoice together or we cry together, like recently we cried together. Uh, but he's just a, he's just a great, a great pastor. And, and one day he called me up and, and we were, this, this was the topic of the conversation. We were talking about why would anybody want to be a pastor? And we both agreed that it wasn't because of the lucrative uh, salary or the, the easy work schedule or, or that God's people are so incredibly easy to get along with uh, all the time. And finally, Reverend Fondo said, you know, Tim, guys become pastors because we love what we do and we love Jesus and we love God's people. And he's absolutely right. I mean, I'm a pastor because I, I love being a pastor I love Jesus, and I love you, and that's it. And that's also why you are a Christian. That's why you do the things you do for Jesus here at Peace in Christ, okay? And, and, and the world out there, the world thinks you nuts. The, the cars that drive by and they see your car in the snowy lot today, they think you're crazy. They think you've got a screw loose. You know, I mean, why else would you freeze your toes off in the parking lot passing out food at Ruby's Pantry once a month in January? Why would you do that? Or when they see uh, you spend most of your day off preparing a Sunday school lesson, or that you come in here during the week and clean the toilets, you know, and we have a crew that does that, and they refuse to be paid for it, or drop by after it snows to shovel the sidewalks, you know, like guys were doing this morning before church. We're setting up the altar for communion, 
for arriving at church early to prep the coffee and the Lutheran donuts, or chaperoning today 40 teens at Mont de Lac, or a hundred other things around here. And you know what? The world is right. You are nuts. You do have a screw loose. So do I. You're crazy. But you're crazy about Jesus, aren't you? You're crazy about the Savior who gave up his life for your life. In fact, now there's nothing that you would not do for him. No sacrifice, no cross that you wouldn't gladly and willingly carry upon your back and carry upon your life. You love Jesus. You love each other. That's why you serve. That's why you're a Christian. Me too. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.